HR After Hours. All right. Well, welcome to the latest installment of HR After Hours. We're not here to make money, folks. We just love to discuss human resources. Yeah. Hannah Hampton, how the hell are you today? I am fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it's funny. I feel like it, at the beginning of, of all of these, I talk, well, I'm like, it's good as to be expected. I'm like, everyone knows that. So I'm fine. How are you? You know what? I'm fine. I had some really weird technical glitches at work all week. Like my router went down. The ATS <laughs> kept crashing. I'm at that po point where I'm just like, well, if all of our problems are this easily solved, I'm in great shape. Bring it, 2020. It's what I say. Bring it. I'm ready for lizard people coming out of their dwellings. Aliens, bad election. We'll see. You know, it's, it's, I saw a meme and it was like, I wonder what the season finale is going to bring of 2020. So uh, I guess we'll see what happens. <laughs> exactly. So here's what I love. Uh, it's mm -hmm. one of those things where even though I had all these technical glitches and everything going on all week, it seemed like for HR After Hours, the planets aligned a little bit. We had a, hit a couple mm -hmm. milestones. We were really excited about their growth. We're now, uh, we've added another platform. We are on uh, Amazon Music. Yay. So we just keep signing up for everything. And most of them are like, sure, send us your stuff. It's not as hard as it sounds, people. But uh, other than that, as far as things lining up, you and I have had some fun uh, podcasts, trying to make it light lately, just because things sure. are getting a little heavy. And you and I are both kind of gearing up, ready to really get some things a little more topical, a little more user-friendly. We really were ready to start kind of doing this series of topics. And I wanted to do a broad strokes. And it just so happens, I found an article that kind of does all the work for us. So we're really going to do, we're going to cover this article and it's going to kind of set the tone for what the next few mm -hmm. podcasts are going to cover. And, you know, some of the tools we're going to try to provide for our listeners, <laughs> tools, but this you is from cool. Work Design Magazine <laughs> and it's called, the article is called Five Post-COVID Behaviors and Attitudes That Will Reshape the Workplace. This is by Kristen Curiety and Laura Grudowski. And Kristen and Laura, I apologize if I butchered your names. But I really love this. We do this our best article. here. We do our best. I do my best. What I really like about this is they hit the key points that I think it'd be good yeah. for us to hit the broad strokes, so to speak, on this episode. Then we'll we'll go into some more specialized episodes. Mm -hmm. But what I'm going to do, because I'm talking a lot, is I'm going to read the first topic. And the first couple, actually, you've been working on these for months. Some of them are looking at different practices. So sure. let's just jump in, shall we? Let's do it. So here are the five behaviors and attitudes that they predict will have the heaviest impact on the corporate workplace, uh, along with recommendations that they've had some and we have our own. But here is the first one. And Hannah, you're you're the first person I've heard talk about this, to be honest. So don't get a big head or anything. But uh, <laughs> number one is people will have a newly heightened consciousness of space service surfaces and each other. People are seeing things differently, and that's really gonna be part of all of this, but people are really aware of anything they come into contact, the workspace, those around them, et cetera. But kind of tell me some of the things that you've thought about or even kind of prepared, even though you may not be back in an office until next year. Right, yeah. 
So my office, I don't want to say it's closed. It's it's optional. And most people are taking the option to not go into the office. But we have prepared our office for those who, um, you know, for one reason or another, working from home is not working. So, and the good Good news is, uh, you know, I work for a small company, so it's really easy for us to make this doable for a handful of people. So, you know, some of the things that we're thinking about is, um, you know, obviously surfaces, uh, people, um, you know, trying to make sure that we've got um, appropriate hand sanitizing stuff, uh, sanitizing, cleaning sprays and wipes and whatnot, and just creating a environment where pretty much at any corner you'll be able to uh, disinfect the space. But I think to me, the most the, the most important and the number one thing that we problem we saw for was about that clean air and that, you know, of course, mask wearing is something that that works. However, you know, sometimes people, if they want to stay socially distanced in their in their desk spaces, which, you know, spacing out the desk as far away as, as possible is helpful. But we bought some air purifiers and making sure that that air gets turned over constantly because, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things about COVID is that it's these air particles, these droplets, the aerosols, what have you, which again, we're still so early into this disease that this virus that people, you know, we're still learning stuff every single day. So it's just trying to stay one step ahead as much as possible. So um, all about keeping that air space very clean. And, you know, I've, I've read articles about, you know, sanitation and a lot of it's quote unquote theater just to ease people's mind. But at the end of the day, if it's going to help somebody be more comfortable and help them be more productive and it's not, you know, overly costly, like, hey, having hand sanitizers everywhere, making sure you've got the hands-free soap dispensers, making sure you've got um, disinfectant spray or wipes. If it makes somebody feel better, I say go for it. There's no, you know, it doesn't, it's not hurting anybody. So, um, but making sure that you are just creating an environment that's going to be comfortable, that's going to be clean and going to be safe. You're right. There's a little bit of debate about hand sanitizers and things like that. There are, you know, legitimate disinfectants and materials that are, you know, there for pathogens and things like that. And one of the concerns, I mean, there are people that are back in office environments and I have read articles about the concerns of the upcoming flu season. I don't want to go really down that road because things that need to be proven or disproven, so to speak. But I mean, that's something to really think about that if you're in an office environment, you need to have the right disinfectants and things in play because your people have to feel safe. And that kind of goes also into their point too. Uh, Mm -hmm. Very similar is number two, personal safety will be a more conscious and constant concern. Right. When you talk about the social distancing practices, think you can have enough signs up. There's no reason not to have the floors marked. One of the things I've noticed as I've started interviewing more candidates and and my business has picked back up, still people that they're touch and go on a day-to-day basis. Some people, you know, Mm -hmm. you could feel great one day and you wake up the next day and it's like you feel like you're in this daze or this little kind of funk. You need to have those reminders and those markers to catch you, you know, to help you catch that oh, wait, I need to stop here. There's someone that's less than six feet away from me. Yeah, so. I was I was reading about these. Um, it was in a cruise ship or something where they had, I don't know if it was a wristband but or something that where it would alert you if you were too close to somebody for uh, too long of a time. And I, I don't think we're there yet in the workplace. However, it just brings up a good point that 
sometimes we can get back into our old ways and it's it's always good to have those reminders. So having those signs up, having things on the floor, are all good things to do to keep it on top of mind. I remember when I, you know, again, telling you about how our office is optional for those who might have a less than ideal working from home scenario. And I remember when I started my sign um, kind of strategy, I was laughing because it felt excessive. But at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what? No, it, it, it's okay to be excessive because you get so blind to your surroundings that you, you know, maybe switching up the signs, putting different signs up or moving them around so that they are, they do stay top of mind. I, I'm that person. There's going to be people who are going to be uber conscious about how close the person is to them and others who might forget. So, you know, it's, it's always a good reminder of like, Hey, you know, you're getting a little too close to for comfort, but having those signs, so it doesn't have to get to the point where you're reminding somebody constantly to stay six feet apart. This is going to be for the, you know, ongoing future for who knows how long until, um, you know, we are able to get a vaccine or whatever needs to happen to get us back to quote unquote new normal, you are going to have to remind people, you're going to have to have signs, you're going to have to do all the things to make sure that people are respecting one another so that people can feel safe and be safe. And I feel like those are two separate things. Right. <laughs> you can feel safe and not necessarily be safe, but you want people to feel safe. But if you're not feeling safe, then that's a problem. But if you're also not safe, that's also a problem. So, so you can both feel and be safe in the office. Yeah, I like what they put. They said signs that highlight what users can do as opposed to what mm-hmm. they cannot in new layouts and settings may achieve higher engagement and reassurance. Sure. And then I loved what you said about mixing it up and changing the signs, changing color works. One of the things that I've done before with uh, office signage uh, is when I would change it around in small font, mm-hmm. I would put first one to tell me that they noticed this is a new sign gets a prize. So the first person that came to my desk and said, what's the prize? I'm like, oh my gosh, those signs have been up two days. Here you go. Here's the gift <laughs> card for lunch. But there are all kinds of things you can do to keep it positive, keep it fun, but mm-hmm. keep it fresh. Mm-hmm. And you're right, because there are, I mean, people get used to things if they don't change. Gotta look at things with fresh eyes. And that's a great way to help them do it. You can't put it all on them. Here's right. the big one, and this is gonna be a, a full episode for us soon. But there are number three needs around mental health and well being will increase. And they're saying psychology, psycho, psychology experts, easy for me to say. Mm-hmm are highlighting a range of mental health responses caused by the current crisis. And there's compounded effects on those living with depression. There's anticipatory grief. And that's on top of the economic stress. People are where, you know, they're carrying a lot of weight on their shoulders. I I really don't want to go into too much. We'll just talk about what they're saying because we're not uh, medical experts. And that's why we're going to hold off and really cover this more thoroughly after we've got some well-documented research, but it says employers who invest in wellness-related design strategies will help support worker morale in an unusually trying time. Mm -hmm. One example is striving to dedicate work-free zones in normal working areas where employees have easy access. This gives the nudge uh, to employees may need to take a break, have coffee, recharge throughout their stressful day, and if getting out of the office seems too accessible. One of the things that they actually had in the previous category, which I think is 
really more appropriate for the mental health piece. It says, in a time that has left many feeling so powerless, having a sense of control can help solidify feelings of safety. Incorporating more personal controls into workspaces for their lighting, their seating, giving them access to some temperature and thermal can enhance comfort and the sense of personal agency in the workspace. So just letting people have access to the things that impact them, like their lighting, getting rid of the fluorescence and having personal lighting and things like that where they can turn off or gauge. People need to feel a sense of control. And some offices, you really don't have any. But you know what I'm saying. I mean, we've all mm-hmm. been in those offices. I mean, anything we can do to personalize the work experience. I think we remind our listeners almost weekly, this is really a time where you have got to have your empathy ready to be holstered and just pulled out constantly. One one thing I want to say, like, I totally agree with the empathy, but this is something like, yes, I feel like COVID has brought it to light, but this is a problem that's been happening for a very long time. And I do feel like mental illness has had such a stigma attached to it for so long. And I'm like, finally, you know, if if we want to say silver lining, (laughs) you know, finally this, it brings it to light, like how important it is and how important it is for the workplace to help provide tools and address. um, This is a true true concern and giving people that, you know, giving people those uh, opportunities to take breaks and to recharge and to make sure that they're battling burnout, battling anything that could, you know, affect them mentally. So I, my thought is it's about time. <laughs> like I said, we're going to definitely cover this in more and more in depth later, but what we can definitely say is now is the time to check your resources and find out what you already have. That's maybe not being utilized. What do your, your insurance providers have accessible? Please, most Players have EAPs, but they're so underutilized. And a lot of times the EAPs have counseling sessions and have tools and have resources. And it's funny, I do, you know, a lot, it's been a bit since I've, I've looked at studies, but that is one of the most underutilized benefits that companies provide is the EAP. So I, you know, part of it, I blame part of it to HR and myself of making sure that you're talking about it, making sure people are aware, because just because you know it's in your benefits package, again, it's like being blind to your being blind to your uh, environment. Of course, you know, because you've been looking at your benefits package nonstop, especially during open enrollment, but making sure that you're constantly reminding people and advertising of what is available. I know you, you kind of mentioned this when you talked about the flu coming to the offices, and I'm going to be reminding people that, Anybody who takes our insurance, the flu vaccine is 100% covered and giving them resources on where they can get that flu shot because based on what I'm hearing, this year is one of the most important years to get a flu shot because you don't want to be battling the flu and COVID at the same time. So again, just getting that word out and making sure people know what tools are available because the tool, people don't know they're available, they're useless. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, Hannah, you brought up the flu shot. I have never been a fan of the flu shot, but you bet your ass I'm getting one this year. And you're right. Uh, most of them, it's either free or it's like a $20 copay or less. As you're looking at the next benefits rollout, make sure that you do look at packages that do have the most resources as far as support on mental health, well-being. Mm-hmm. This is this is a chance where you can actually make a, a difference in someone's life by just having the right 
the right coverage, the right policies. So, and getting those extras and trying to make them as affordable as possible. And then it's time to research what's out there that you don't have and see if you have a way to obtain that that uh, that tool, that benefit. This is definitely the right time to invest in our people. And you're right. It is sad that it takes a pandemic for us to have some of these conversations. Right. And that's definitely going to come up on number five here. But hey, there's no real silver lining from this thing. But like you said, if there's some things that come out of it, uh, an awareness of mental health is definitely uh, something that should come out of this. Number four, social distance will make the desire for community and connection even stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, right away, out of the gate, when you guys closed your office, you had social hours virtually, you had game night. You know, these were just the things you could do right away virtually. Mm-hmm. But a lot of offices, when they do open up, you know, there's not going to be as much space because people aren't going to be coming in full time. Some people are going to come in a day right. or two. You know, Mrs. Danzig goes in one and a half days a week right now, sometimes two. But she likes going in just because she likes engaging with people. She's an HR sure. manager. She wants to check on everyone other than just Skyping and emailing and calling them. You know, it's different when you're in there short periods of time. You don't, you have this minimal connection. You know, we all have one or two people that maybe they're not someone we actually socialize with, but we do like connecting with them at work because they're the more pleasant person or positive. And it just so happens they come in the days you don't. So you're missing something. I, I mean, Hannah, there have been days. Well, I know you more than me. I've, I've gone mm-hmm. entire weeks without stepping outside. So and yeah. it gets to me, you know, and Mrs. Danzy comes in and she says something and she's all got all this energy and I'm all overwhelmed and weird. I'm like, I haven't been <laughs> out for a week. Ah! But I mean, it's very real. It's very real. There's definitely things we have to do to make sure our people feel included, but not just in work. I mean, we've got to check on our people. And I think part of it, too, like I think sometimes in the early on, let's get real back in March, April, when all this, you know, when people are when, when things were closing down and. I, I don't think I thought that it was going to last this long. And, and like that I don't want to get into, you know, why we're still in this situation because it's not a conversation I want to have right now because uh, it'll make me angry. But <laughs> I don't think, you know, back when we closed down our office in March, I don't think I, I truly did not expect that we would still be remote. And now it's looking like that it's going to be even longer and going into 2021. And, you know, I know that some offices have already already closed uh, through like April or July of 2021 and it's optional and whatnot. But anyways, you know, not expecting it to be this long. I don't know if a lot of people took the time to, okay, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do in the long term to make sure that we are staying connected? What are we going to do to make sure that our community is still together? So, you know, I think it's one of those things where if you haven't thought about it by now, you really absolutely should because it's it's I feel like this connection the feeling of connection is more important now more than ever because there are people who have been at home for extended periods of time and and there are you know you think about the people in the community who have pre-existing conditions so they absolutely cannot go out and they have to take special care so you want to make sure that you are paying attention to making sure that all all members of your office all members of your team are feeling connected and i think one very important thing to do is ask questions okay what what do you want to see i know that i planned a lot of uh, events for my company 
in the past six months and and whatnot. But we, we, we open it up to the rest of the group because what might be fun to me may not be fun to somebody else. So learning what your uh, learning what your people need, because I know that I've I've learned that some people don't like the larger Zoom meetings where all of us are on together because you don't get the opportunity to connect one on one. So making sure that you're having smaller events where people can connect on a more personal you know, level with like two to three other people versus 30, 40, 50 other people. So it's really just making sure that you're A, taking into consideration and B, listening to people. I know like outside of work, uh, for me, I like to do yoga. I think we've all, you know, talked about this, but I feel like I have a nice community on, um, with the, the yoga studio I go to where we have Zoom calls and they have been doing uh, outdoor events, which I haven't attended, just personally not ready to do that, but really making sure that you're continuing to plan and connect with people, be it virtually, be it outdoors at a safe space, whatever that might be. But I think we all realize just how important that human connection is and making sure that those connections aren't being broken because of the distance between us. Something to bridge the gap is having spaces in your building, like conference mm -hmm. rooms, where the people in the office can also Zoom with the people at home and include them in the meetings instead yes. of just one person getting back and saying, hey, Hannah, this is what we discussed today. What do you think? Instead, it's Let's get Hannah in the meeting with us, even though she's remote today. And we actually did that in our office. We upgraded our conference spaces to have, um, we bought, it's the Owl brand, and I'm, they're not paying us to talk about it, but <laughs> it's this special conferencing Who? tool. And it's Who really, is it? <laughs> no, it's really cool. It's Owl. And it's it's it senses faces and who's talking. So it will, it has a panoramic of the room, but also it will focus on the person talking. So it's a really great tool. So if you do have a conference space with like two to three people and you've got people dialing in, it's everyone's on the screens, you're able to see one another, even though you're not together. So I feel like a lot of these companies, and, and, and this is not a new thing. I mean, I feel like you've seen, I've seen teleconference conference spaces and, and offices for a, over a decade at this point but now it's now more than ever it's more important that that everyone have some kind of tool and it could even just be making sure that everybody has a webcam and headset so that you can zoom in and see each other this is where we're going and it's not going to stop when when covid is is controlled it's just that's where we're headed as as, as a society as a workforce Oh my gosh, Kana Hampton, you read ahead number five. What? People will no longer view flexibility as an amenity, but as a must have in their jobs going forward. This is the closest thing to a silver lining that mm -hmm. I can find. It's just nice to see that this is going to be the future, like you just said. That's the upside is people are finally mm -hmm. going to be able to have that flexibility because I've never understood how single parents get their kids to school, all these things. But at the end of the day, there's no reason that all the things you've utilized during the pandemic, COVID, Rona, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> these these things are can all be applied as part of the new normal. There's very few industries that you can't. Anyone that can apply it now can apply it in the future. There's still some industries that unfortunately don't have the flexibility and that's just the nature of those industries. I mean, I will say also, I, I feel like 
if anything, I, I flexibility in the, in the workplace is, is super important just for people's people's lives. And I hope, I, I feel like in the United States, this is going to be controversial, but I feel like in the United States, we're known for living to work and not working to live. Our, our policies are so different than other places with regards to time off, with regards to just our, even just our, our cultural norms on people being workaholics around here. I feel that that people are going to be looking at work differently. I, I mean, I personally know people who got laid off who had been very loyal employees for years, if not decades at places. And I, I'm not saying that that, you know, that changes, but you think about you were so loyal to a company. And while, you know, of course, COVID has created situations where in order for the company to survive, they have to, um, you know, cut down on the people. They had to lay people off. But I ho- I'm hoping that people realize that, hey, I, you know, I'm not going to give my life to this company where they're not going to give it back to me. So I do feel like I'm hoping that companies realize that people need lives outside of work. People should be living their lives outside of work and see it all over LinkedIn. People are like, oh, you need to hustle. You need to do this. You need to do that. I'm not saying don't work hard. I'm just saying that you absolutely need to uh, recharge. You need to have your life outside of work, have some hobbies, spend time with your family, whatever that might be. But don't, and this is going to sound strange coming from an HR person, but don't give up your life to a company knowing that that company could, you know, close at any moment, could lay off people at any more moment. Again, I'm not saying don't work hard. I'm not saying don't do a great job. You should do all those things. But I also feel like you need to take time outside of work to do things that enrich you, to do things that excite you, to do things that recharge you. All those things are so important. And having that a company that provides flexibility so you can do those things that is super important. I, I feel like me saying all that's coming from a place of privilege, and I apologize if that's how it sounds, but I still think it's super important that people be able to live their lives on top of having a rewarding career. Well, here, I'll take the privilege away from it, and I'll put it on the leaders. The best leaders I've ever worked with are the leaders that manage the individual. They get to know mm-hmm. their people know what motivates them as individuals, understands their talent level, their Mm -hmm. work ethic, their work style, et cetera. And there are some people that can do what takes me 45 hours to accomplish in a week that can accomplish the same thing in 30 to 35. Uh, So what it comes down to is get to know your people know what's going on in their lives to where you can help them accommodate their schedule and the other things they need to get done. Understand how to get the most out of them. There's no generic way to manage people. You know, what works for person A doesn't necessarily work for person B. Right. And you've got to just stop treating your people like they're all the same. You've got to understand how your people work, how to get the most out of them without stressing them out, you know, mm-hmm. overworking them. Billy can get it done in 38 hours. Don't throw him another stack of stuff that really doesn't that doesn't need to be done yet, you know? Right. Yeah, make let people make time because at the end of the day life's short. And, and people are learning you, that and people are doing mm-hmm. things. People are talking about changing their entire field just to have a, a better quality of life right, right now. 25 years at the same company, just grinding it out. That's not 
the wave of the future at all. Mm-mm. And I will tell you, I've the best bosses I've ever had were ones who said, you know, you should be able to do your work. You know, you should be able to get everything done in 40 hours. And if it's taking you longer, come to me and let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. Like maybe there's something that a roadblock that I'm creating for myself or, you know, a lot of times they've even said, maybe this is not realistic for one person. So we'll need to figure out we need more headcount. So there's always, I feel like some a great leader is somebody who wants to encourage that great work-life balance, not somebody who, who's going to tell you, oh, you, you have to do 60, 70 hours to get it done. And that's just the way it is. I know that I've even had bosses who would not practice what they'd preach, expect me to put in 70, 80 hours when they were not doing the same. And that mm. is not a fun way to live <laughs> because, you know, I did like to me having a life outside of work is important. The best managers I've had were the ones who encouraged that and expected uh, me to communicate with them if I was not able to achieve the balance that I needed, I wanted, that I required. I truly believe that the most successful people are those that are well-rounded and mm -hmm. have time to experience things outside of work, whether it's yoga, exercise, culture, the arts, Travel, music, making reading. a podcast with one of their BFFs, whatever the heck it is, <laughs> do what you got to do. But you know what? We're yes. running a little long. I don't know how much I I'll know. be able to edit this down. Hannah Hampton, always a pleasure. We're going to have to do a Zoom ourselves. I miss your face. I miss talking to you more. Um, and the, honestly, that's one of the things. I need to make more time to talk to those that I really enjoy speaking with outside of work. We've gotten into a bad habit of only talking the days we record, and that's just got to yeah. stop. That's shenanigans. If you get anything out of today's podcast, other than what I think are some pretty good business practices here, take the time this week to check in on your friends, check in on family, yeah. check in on your coworkers, and do a real check-in. Don't do the text, hey, how you doing? And then look and realize 10 hours ago that Billy said, uh, kind of having a tough go. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. You know, really take the time to check in. You know what I always say? Say, say Let's it! Put the human Let's put the human in human resources. Let's do it. Let's let's keep it in there. Let's put it back in there. But let's put the human in human resources. Yeah.